Quick question. When is too late to say Happy New Year? Come on, guys, talk to me. When is too late to say Happy New Year? The 2nd of January. <laughs> Man, I was chatting to people. When was it this week? And I was like, hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. If I haven't seen you by the 2nd of February, or should I say the first week in February, I'm still going to say Happy New Year. Because then it's still kind of New Year, right? Um, who's born in Feb? Can I see any, anybody born in February? I'm scanning here, scanning here. Oh my gosh, a lot of thin people in February. Uh, <laughs> no cake in February. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Happy New Year. For those who I have not said Happy New Year, quickly turn to someone you didn't arrive with. Look, look at them. Look at them. Smile. Show them your teeth and say Happy New Year. Welcome. If you weren't here last week, oh man, it's so good. It's so good. Oh. Today, um, we, we are carrying on. Um, we started something new. Get it? That's the name of our series. We started something new in a new year. There is something new we just believe God is going to be doing in us and through us, whether it be in our individual lives, in your family, um, in your workplace. Um, who's trusting for something new in their work situation? Come on. Keep your hands up. Let me see. Let me see. Can I pray for you guys quickly? Keep your hands raised. Everybody, close your eyes. Let's, let's pray. So, Father God, we thank you for that powerful name, which is Jesus. So, in everybody who's got their hands up right now, I don't know your situation, but I'm declaring something new over their work. Open doors, increase, just prosper, Father God, just more, just more into their lives, Father God. I pray that, that, that doors will be open, and Father, I pray favor over you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How can we call ourselves family if I can't do that, right? Hey, we're not a professional organization. Man, I'll stop it now and we'll carry on praying and then we'll go and eat. How many of you guys like that? Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're doing something new and um, I want us to look at a scripture quickly. A portion, um, one, of, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Because I think uh, we're going to be talking about Moses. We're going to be looking at a, a very small part of his life. Uh, besides Peter, who I think uh, I've been molded after, you know, foot in mouth disease. Uh, I believe I can be like Moses as well. I'm, I'm, I'm a big, hey, not me. You know, choose someone else. How many of you guys are like that as well? Pass the buck. I think my kids get it as well. It's like, hey, Judah, do something. I can't do it. Send Jaden. Uh, like, Jaden goes, no, send Rebecca. Rebecca goes, ah, send Judah. And it's just like, but in any case. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 4. We're going to be reading from verse 1. Moses has just been an inquisitive guy. He's walked the desert. He saw um, a Zippo go on um, in a bush. And he's wondering what is going there. And he has an encounter with the one true living God, the most high God. And this God that, 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 that we believe in is chatting to Moses and he's like, listen, dude, I've got a job for you. And I need you to step up and step out. And this is where we pick up in verse one of chapter four is Moses chatting to God. Moses' response. How many of you guys, has God spoken to you? 
We need to get to a place this year where we are listening to more what God is saying than what we hear on the news, than what we hear from people, so that we can declare life into everything. And can I ask, when you pray and God speaks to you, answer him. Answer him. Don't be like Milo. I, I said Milo WhatsApp. Milo doesn't respond. Respond to God, please. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. And, it, and Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran from it. How many of you guys... Any snake lovers here? So, I, I, I can tell you, um, we had a bearded dragon as a pet. And I'm a macho guy. And this bearded dragon used to run around the yard. And uh, where, we, where we lived, there were these um, holes in the bottom of our wall. So that when it rained, it would rain out and not build up in our backyard. And so, the, the bearded dragon was like outside and you know, getting its exercise. And this thing decided it's, it's going, it sees a gap and it's going for it. So I've got longer legs, so I just walk next to this thing and he, and he picks up speed. And so I pick up speed, not a lot of speed, but it's, it's speed. And just before he gets to the wall, I put my foot down, I go, hey. And this thing just stops, jumps, turns at me, blows itself up and goes black underneath. You know what I did? I rebuke you, say, no, I ran. I'm like, Allison, come get your child's animal. <laughs> so I, I know how Moses felt when he starved, something he carried around with him, something he had on him always turned into a snake. He got a fright, they cleaned up on aisle nine, and he ran. So I know that feeling. But then the Lord says to him in verse four, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and he turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, this is what I want us to grab. This is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God is going to do something amazing in your life for you, in you, so that you can tell other people that God has spoken to you. So today, I just want to take a few moments, and as we unpack this passage from this title, I want to talk to you with this in mind, is it ordinary? How many of you guys have just ordinary things at home? Anybody got a lamp, a fan? An ordinary fan, it's not enough. A fan is gold at this moment, so it's not ordinary. In this heat, if you don't want your fan, I'm coming to get it, people. <laughs> I'll pay you in coffee. <laughs> ah, let's pray. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. I pray that as, as we dive into it, as we, as, as, as we open it up, 
Father, that you would start working within us, that you would start building us up, that you would start changing us. And Father, may we be encouraged, equipped, and inspired to who you are. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Any briars? Who loves to bry? Come on, South Africa owns bry alles. If you stand long enough, we'll bry you. Um, not really. Um, over, the, over the December holidays, we had a bunch of friends come in and just spend time with us, you know, on weekends. So we had a very busy December. Um, and the nice thing about busy December is like there's always food. And one of the things that we like to do is like we like to bry. It's an awesome time to bry when the sun goes down so that you don't bry. And uh, so we... How many of you guys have a designated briar in your friend group? Hey, you, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy. You know, if you're inviting me to a briar, you are probably going to be the designated briar. Hey, hey, Rudy. Hey, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, Rudy's always wanted to bride my house, but I'm telling you, I go and bride by his because then he can bride and I can chill. Um, but whenever we, whenever this, even at my house, when people come over, there's a designated briar. So you give your meat to them and they briar. Um, and that is to suss out whether you're a real man or not. If you burn our meat, sorry, you go do dishes and you make sly. Uh, but, but, you know, um, they, so one of our friends who is the designated briar, he's like, I mean, there was a lot of meat. I mean, I think it, it felt like an offering to God. I mean, like animals were slaughtered and it's just, uh, it was a lot of food. And he was brying. And, you know, meat normally comes in like on a polystyrene dish and wrapped in glad wrap. And then you get meat that is vacuum-packed in like a bag with its sauce and marinade, and it's like ready. And, and he gets to the meat that is in the bag. And I go, oh, uh, you need to open it. So I go to go get the knife to cut it open. He goes, no, no, hold up, hold up. Let me show you something. And he grabs the tongs that he's brying with. I'm like, no, man, dude, what are you going to poke the thing open? He's like, let me show you something. And he takes the tongs. And he holds it over the top of the bag, and he closes it, and he slides the tongs across. And my mind is blown because he sliced open the bag with ease. I was that day old finding out that you can use tongs to open meat. Now I pray that every time we bribe, like, may it be sealed so I can show people how awesome my tongs are. Hey, It's, it's just so amazing. Ordinary tongs turned into a scissors and a knife in an instant. And he was hailed awesome. Hey, how many of you guys have actually done that before? Let me see. Guys, anybody done that before? Um, guys, guys, put your hand down. <laughs> Talking about the guys. See, try that. That one's free. The next one, we pay for. But you see, it's just ordinary tongs. Just something we use every day. And this is what I want to get from my title. Is it really ordinary? What you have on you, who you are, do you really think it's just ordinary? Because as we look at this, this verse, we are believing that God is going to be doing something new in us and through us this year. How many of you guys believe that? That, that is what we spoke about last year. I believe that there's something new coming. And we always want the new. My kids want new school shoes for every year for when school starts. New equipment, new pencils, new coloring in pencils. But you know what? 
what you had was good enough for this year, my kid. And God chats to Moses and he goes, you know what? Sometimes you don't need something new. Sometimes something that you have on you, something that you use every day, God is going to use to see breakthrough, to see change, to see something happen in your life. You see, God meets Moses and he tells him, it is time to change the world, literally. And Moses has tried this before. Moses finds out that he's not an Egyptian and that his people are actually the people that the Egyptians have enslaved. So what does he do? He takes matters into his own hands. He gets upset. He kills an Egyptian. They, his own people turn on him, so he runs away. And this is where he is in the desert now. So Moses, having God speak to him, is being chatted to from a position of disappointment, sadness, pain, heartache, rejection. How many of you guys have ever been in a place like that? And yet God still looks at him and he goes, you know what? I still want to use you. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, I still want to use you. And we have the same directive. God is giving us the same mandate. I want to use you to change the world. That is something that Allison and myself love saying. Let's go change the world because that is what God has created us to do. Change the world. But you know what? God, we, we answer him like Moses did. I can't. I'm, why me? I've tried something, it didn't work, it failed. I, I'm not equipped, I've never been to school. Uh, I, I'm not like that guy, I'm not, can't pray like that woman. I, I, I can't understand things as is. And God still says, I want to save my people through you. And this is what Moses is saying. It's like, I can't. How many of you guys have ever argued with God? I've argued with my wife before. And I believe like when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's my wife. Because I've argued with her and I've realized that I'm wrong. And what she says, <laughs> now, I'm not, now, now husbands, I'm not saying this, you, you, you should listen to this. But I'm saying, I've been in a place where I thought I was right, but the words that was being spoken over me by my wife through God some days, is like, I am not this. And they go, but hold on, you need to listen to this. You are enough. I believe that is something today that people need to take home. You are enough. You are enough. You are enough. So God wants to save his people. And he says, you know what, Moses, I'm going to use you. But Moses has so many questions, so many um, concerns, so many, I don't want to do this. So God decides, I'm going to do something in you first. I'm going to change you first. And I'm going to use what you have. Not who you are just, but I'm going to use what you have. You see, God's response to you and me is, what do you have? You see, with Moses, it was a staff. In the Bible, there was a widow. What was ordinary to her was oil and a jar. To the disciples was a few fish 
and a loaf of bread and a few loaves of bread. What do you have? You know those things? It's just that. Have you guys ever had, who's got a pair of shoes? Oh, no, it's just a pair of shoes. You know, it's, it's, it's just a cake. It's just a fried egg. It's just a car. But you know what? Sometimes we, we approach life in church like that. It's just a song. No, come on. We don't want to be singers. We want to be worshipers. Hey, you know, it's just this one scripture verse that I know. It's not just one verse. It's something that has equipped you and kept you moving. It's just a church. No, hold up. It's a family that comes around you, and when I'm, when I'm battling, I'm praying. They encourage me. They move me along. They are there for me. It's not just. He goes, it's just a staff. For us, we could go, you know what? It's just a phone. We always look at, what do you have? Ah, oh, just an iPhone. Just a Samsung. Just a Huawei. Who's just got a Nokia? Oh. oh. But you see, it might be ordinary to us, but we need to look at it from this point. Don't count it out. We should never count it out because it could be your work, it could be your hobby, it could be your phone, it could be your creativity, it could be your social presence. My wife had a little Fiat. Now, all of you will remember this Fiat that I used to ride. Uh, I didn't used to ride it. I used to carry it on my back. And um, <laughs> it was a really small car. But when she first got her car, she asked God, what do I have that you can use? And for a time in her life, she used to go and pick up people for church and for youth, take them there and bring them back. So it's not just something. Don't ever count it out. We do that in our own lives as well. We count ourselves out. But listen to this. What God is telling Moses is, you have what it takes. Don't count yourself out because we are so programmed to always want something or someone else, or something great, or something new, that we look past what God can actually use. Have a look here. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 14. This is the story of David. David is just about to um, face Goliath. He meets up with his brother. Sorry, his brothers, because he has to go drop off food, and, and, and they pick on him. He hears what is going on, so he approaches the king, and the kid... The king kind of looks at him and is like, I don't think you can do this. And then when he finally gets the chance to stand up, even his opponent counts him out. But have a look here at 1 Samuel 17 verse 14. It says this, Then he, this is David, took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. With something that was ordinary, something that was rendered useless in a war, he decided, this is what I'm used to. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what we're going to use. So don't count yourself out. David was counted out by his brother, the king, and Goliath. Moses counted himself out. But God goes, 
Let me use what is familiar. Let me use what you are used to. God sees purpose when we don't even see potential. When you don't see potential in you, in what you have, God sees purpose. What is it that you have that you don't even see potential in? I have never once stood at a braai and looked at my tongs and said, I am going to open this meat bag with it, up until someone showed me its potential. It's like, imagine being those guys that discovered you can eat eggs. Can you imagine? And I bet you it was two guys sitting there on a rock, and this chicken runs past, and he goes, you know that chicken tastes nice, but the next thing that comes out of its butt, we are going to eat. And, I, and I'm telling you, only a guy can think like that. Not like, I don't picture women going and sitting there like, hey, what is that? What should, we should, I don't know. But God sees purpose when we don't even see potential. So we need to let God show you who you are. And he will use it by the most ordinary things that you have in your life. Uh, we've got so many creatives in our church at this moment. Some that I have spoken with, some that I've spent time with. We, we've got people that um, are very artistic, um, turn stuff I would throw away into murals, into putting stuff on the wall and, and make me go, wow, that is amazing. People that are good with their hands, that can build and make stuff. People that can write stuff. And when you ask them, how do you do that? You know, it's just something. It's not just something. It's not just ordinary. It's something God has given you to change lives. So we need to understand that we need to let God show us what he can do. Because we need to allow his purpose to shape our perspective. How do you see God? How do you see yourself? And the only way you can see yourself is, I am who he says I am. Um, so I, I don't know what age group I'm talking to here. But before we had, very young, okay. So before Netflix, there was this thing called SABC 1, 2, and 3. And, and we grew up on that. And there was this program called Whose Line Is It Anyway? Does anybody remember that? And man, I loved Whose Line Is It Anyway? Bunch of comedians getting together, like, ah, making you laugh. And there was one segment in Whose Line Is It Anyway? It's called Props. Do you guys remember that? All the youngsters are like looking at their shoes, like, what's this guy talking about, man? So, so there's uh, Mario. So there's this part in this thing called Props. Where, where they... <laughs> I love the attack. So they, they, get a, they, they get the guys, they divide them up into teams, and they put one or two props in the middle of the floor. And then each team has a couple of seconds to come up and act something out with these props. So like a, a give me like, I don't know, a wooden spoon can be like, you know, something simple like an oar. It, it could, it could, it, they change what it is to suit what they needed to become. 
But you know what the problem is? You can never look at the thing they use as what it used to be used for because you can walk into the kitchen, pick up a wooden spoon, and it's like, ooh, this is naughty. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's like that because what do they do? They shape your perspective of what it is. And that's what God is doing with Moses. He says, let me take your ordinary and let me shape your perspective. What is your way that you see it? It might just be a staff. It might just be what you have. I remember when my kids were, were smaller, smaller, younger. We, they'd get such awesome gifts for Christmas or their birthdays. But they would end up playing with the box more than the toy. Because where we see a box, they saw a plane. Where we saw a box, they saw a car. Where we saw a box, they saw a house. You see, it shapes your perspective, your perception. God wants to do the same. He wants to change your perspective of you. Who are you? How do you see yourself? He wants to change the way you see what you have. He wants to change the way you do things. Because check this, you change your perspective, you change your perception, you change the heart. Because when your heart says no because of what you see, when God changes it, the heart follows it. When you, when, when you believe in something, your heart will run after it. So here's Moses saying no and God is saying, hold up, let me show you what I can do in verse Three of Exodus 4, it says this, The Lord said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. If God has the power to turn a stick into a snake, something that's only valuous to lean on or to direct, imagine what he can do with us. Imagine what he can do with what you have Already, don't limit God based on how you see things. Allow who He is to change how you see it. Where we see limitations, God sees opportunity. Where we see impossibilities, God sees launching pads. Where you see just a parent, God sees encourager, provider. Where it's, I'm just a spouse. You're a caregiver. You're a protector. You're raising soldiers. Where you see old, God sees wisdom, sees experience. Where you see young, God sees energy, sees longevity. Let God shape the way you see yourself. Where we see it's just a, and you fill in the blanks. God goes, let me show you more. Let me show you more. It's more than just a church, guys. 
Prodeo is more than just a place where we come in. And the only way we can make it more is if we get involved. And I'm going to get to that. Allow God's purpose for your life to shape the perspective to step into your calling. In 2022, don't count yourself out at any time. I did a series once called Down But Not Out. Anybody ran really far, and that could have been just past the toilet, and you like were winded, you know you could be down, tired, but unless you, you give up, you are not out. So when you see this year going past and you go, I don't think I can make it, you might be down, but don't give up. Don't count yourself out. Let God shape the way you see things. Don't worry. Don't, don't count yourself out because, let me explain it to you. Moses was hiding. He ran away and God still used him. So God knows your situation. He knows what your background is. He knows what you're coming through. He knows what you are in at this moment. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. And yet, he still wants to use you. So allow God to change the way you see yourself and what you have. Just because you're going through something doesn't mean God can't use you. Because you don't know what storm you are in, who you can pick up and put on your boat and move forward. Always be ready. Because you see, Moses needed work to be done in him before God could do work through him. We always need God to work in us first. You see, God was first working in Moses. Moses was in his presence. And yet Moses still lacked something. So in God's presence, God's like, let me show you just how sovereign I am. God didn't point out his failures. God didn't point out his, you know, his lack. God said, what do you have? And that is who our God is. And after God shows him, this is what I can do. He turns his staff, something ordinary, into a snake. His immediate words after that is, pick it up. Because when God does something for you, you've still got to pick it up. Last week we learned it's on me, but you still need to pick it up. God will show you what he can do, but you still have to follow through. That is the relationship God wants with you. It's about partnership. You see, God could have turned the snake back into the stick all on his own. How many of you guys believe that? But God shows you something amazing in this little detail. He's like, I want to partner with you. I want people to see that I have met with you. 
this year I pray that God shows you great and mighty things. But check it out. You still have to pick it up. You want to see change? You're going to have to pick it up. You want to see things go different? You're going to have to pick it up. My kids um, leave their clothes laying everywhere. And uh, I asked my middle kid to go and clean his room. And all he did was he just took his washing and pushed it into the corner. I'm like, go and inspect his room. And I call him and I'm like, dude, what's going on here? I'm like, it's clean. I'm like, no, it's not. You, you, you still have clothes over there. Chapada, it's clean. I'm like, no, dude, it's dirty. You have to pick it up. If you want to see change in your life, how many of you guys like to lift heavy weights? Wow, I see two hands go up. <laughs> Does waking up in the morning <laughs> count? <laughs> if you want to change your body, you've got to pick it up. If you want to write something, you've got to pick it up. If you're going to make music, you're going to have to pick up. What is the thing that God is asking you to pick up in 2022? Do you have a friend that God needs to work in? Maybe he's asking you to pick it up. What is broken in your relationship that you've been asking God to change? Maybe there's something over there that you need to pick it up. God can do so much through you, but he wants to use you. You are that important to him. I'm going to close off with verse 5 quickly. It says, This said the Lord is so that they may believe. Not just hear, not just think about it, but that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. So that your world, your circle of influence, your street can change. So that they may know that God has appeared to you. We need to get into his presence. Time. Yeah. Come to church. It's not just a, a few hours out on my Sunday. It's time of impact, impartation, life, growth. Don't just think of it as it's just an ordinary thing to do. It's more than that. The only thing that Moses needed to change was the way he thought about God. He knew God was sovereign because they taught him about it. But until he had encountered God, he needed to change the way he thought about him. God came to him and commissioned him and then started, before he sent him out, started working in him. Stop arguing with God. Stop saying no. Go, show me. Work in me. Change me. Can we pray?